0: Welcome to the Andyplex. This is episode 10, As the Crow Flies. Wow, we're already at 10? That's awesome. We're in double digits. We made it. This is so cool. Probably has a little to do with the quarantine, having a little more time on my hands than uh, before, but hey, I'll take it no matter what. Very super special guest with me today. We have actress, producer, Sarah Nicklin. Sarah, welcome.
1: Yay! Hi! Thank you so much for having me.
0: So good to have you. Thanks for wanting to do the show. Thanks for beaming into my living room here virtually. <laughs> Zoom.
1: I'll beam in anywhere you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Sarah, you and I met, uh, gosh, about four or five years ago now, was it? The Horror Geeks Was it show really? Did.
1: Yeah, it was that long, wasn't it?
2: Wow. And, uh,
0: I was like, oh, that was, what, two years ago? And then I, like, looked it up on IMDb, and it was like four or five years ago but oh my god yeah to kind of brief the audience on what the horror geeks is it's a really cool thing it was created by our friend barry morgan who wanted to put together kind of like a host of horror geeks to hang out and uh basically a love you know give a write love letters to all their favorite horror genres and horror um horror franchises and we did a pilot where we were hosts you and i and we got to spend the night camping uh know, yeah. by next to a lake right was it in a uh, a little bit north in the valley
1: yeah it was i don't remember exactly where it was but there was i think it, i don't think it was an actual lake if i remember correctly it was kind of <laughs> like a man-made lake yeah. um i feel like there was a big piece of like construction equipment nearby if i'm remembering i feel like they just like dug it out and like all of a sudden there was a lake there but it worked totally yeah. perfectly for what we were trying to do with the, like, almost recreation of, um, the Friday the 13th, the, like, the final scene at the end, where he jumps out of the, the lake and into the yeah, boat. Yeah,
0: right, right. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah,
0: that was such a, a wonderful time, and yeah, we're so, we're so showbiz that the lake was kind of fake, but I think it was a lake, but, you know, we live in California, kind of a situation. We don't get a lot situation. of situation. <laughs> we don't get a lot of rain. It would definitely yeah. be a lake normally, but anyway, we got to be, uh, buds on that, and, uh, Anyway, you're a you're a huge horror personality. You're you're an indie scream queen. I got your IMDb up right here. Oh boy! I mean, your your resume goes on for uh, for days and days and days. <laughs> um, I've done a
1: few, a handful. I've done a handful. A people. handful.
0: A yeah. few severed hands Ah, <laughs>
1: uh, I see what you did there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that just came to me. I didn't write that or anything. That was, <laughs> that was off the cuff. It's
1: pretty good. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, was there a, a moment where you said, man, I, I want to go into go into acting and go into film? Was there kind of an inception moment? Or was yes. it a gradual process? Um,
1: oh, wow, you got a
0: specific moment.
1: Oh, I do have a specific moment. Um, it's when I decided that I was going to marry Jonathan Taylor Thomas and that being an actor <laughs> was the best way to meet him. <laughs>
0: I love it.
1: JTT. (laughs) Yes, that is exactly how it happened. I was probably like eight, nine, ten, something like that, somewhere in there. You know, back in the day when we had those Tiger Beat and Teen Beat magazines with all those young children (laughs) plastered all over the cover of them. I was obsessed, completely obsessed with him. I had his posters all over my walls. I would cut out any like little picture of him that wasn't full poster size and put it like in a binder so that I had all of his little pictures too. <laughs> I watched all of his films and transcribed them myself and then would memorize the lines, his lines. <laughs> I, wow. uh, I sent him little uh, notes and gifts for his like birthday and for christmas and stuff to his his fan club which i was very disappointed to find out later on that you know he didn't actually get them it was actually just a fan club and they only sent oh. back like this pre-written pre-approved like printed supposedly handwritten like postcard <laughs> from him <laughs> i was very upset when i got my second one of those that was exactly the same as the first one
0: <laughs> you're like wow his handwriting is always spot on every time it's perfectly That's the same perfect <laughs> he's a so, he's a stickler for the, the written word apparently he's a... yes yeah,
1: apparently <laughs> um but that's i why... remember being
0: so jealous of all the the girls <laughs> in school in elementary school even in the middle school they're still just like jtt oh my god and i was like yeah Man, i want to be him
1: i know like well everybody wanted to be him or be with him or be with ultimately. him or, or, yeah. at least,
0: or at least or be in the same movie, the same project. I mean, he was on Home Improvement. He was in The yeah. Lion King. I mean, what more do you want?
1: I know, exactly. Did you go so. see the Hawk
0: Finn movie with him?
1: Oh, yes, of course. I had that movie. That was, like, yeah. one of my favorites because it was, like, kind was of dark one. and scary a little bit and, it like, adventurous. It was a little scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I remember we we uh, we read it in school, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I, I, we, like, we didn't get to, get to go see it for a field trip or anything. That would have been cool. I wish I could... Could have li- just li- I should have just lied and said we did that, but I remember going and being like, "I read this in school. This is cool, you know." And like the synchronicity of school world and my uh, my private life as well. That was all <laughs> exactly. At that point, so yeah. you wanted to be with JTT, and yeah, so you owe JTT your your legacy here.
1: Ultimately, yes. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. I just I figured. You know, I knew that as soon as we met each other, we were just going to, you know, instantly fall in love and get married. Yes, of course. So all I had to do was meet him. So how do I meet him? Well, I just become a big famous actress because clearly they all know each other, you know. So we'll just end up meeting each other if I just become a famous actress. And so I was like, well, that's my plan. So... I better, you know, just get started on this as soon as I can. And so I did uh, a school play in middle school. <laughs> um, it was nice. uh, called Bye Bye Birdie. That was my first, like, acting role. I played Oh, the Bye Bye Birdie, though. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool.
2: cool.
1: So, um, and that was it. And then I was so terribly shy. I honestly, my first time doing it, I really didn't love it at all. I was very nervous and scared and just, like, super... Super shy, um, but I was like, "Well, I need to work through this if I'm going to be an actress and if I'm going to marry JTG. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta
0: get over this hurdle.
1: So, um, so I just kept at it, kept doing like you know more and more school plays, and I started. I took uh, theater in high school, and then um, turns out that somewhere along the line there, it turns out I actually really loved it.
0: And, yeah, um, yeah. Was there a moment where you it. felt your uh, your comfortability? Or it was just kind of like, was there one moment where you're like, I'm starting to feel in my own skin here. I'm starting to feel cool about it. Or was it kind of just doing it over and over again and finally you just, you know, I I always still get nervous when I do it, but. I I still
1: get nervous. Yeah. I still get nervous too. So I feel like there's still, I mean, of course it obviously depends on the project, depends on the role and like all that sort of stuff. There's some things that I go into it and I'm just like, yeah, I can do this like in my sleep, you know, Um, like Mm -hmm. no big deal. But then there's other stuff where I definitely still, you know get nervous um, so it still really hasn't totally gone away I've gotten a lot better at it and a better at like dealing with it and coping with the nerves yeah um, I feel I think that what really helped at least for auditioning what helped me to get rid of my auditioning nerves was doing a uh, casting director workshops because then I actually like met the casting director in a setting where you could like talk to them as a person and you know see you mis- that they're actually
0: by the experience a little
1: exactly, so then they were no longer like the big scary casting director,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: like actually just a person that I'm going in and you know messing around with and you know playing and doing a scene, so that definitely helped a lot. Um, That's but great. other than that, nerves are definitely still there,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I still get it too, and uh, I think. Like some nerves is kind of good, you know. It's kind of a rush. Yeah. Let's get the adrenaline going a little bit, keep you, keep you in the zone. But yeah, I, uh, I still want to do more stand-up comedy once it's back. Um, it's not something I really want to like pursue a career in, but I, I think it's it's really good for your chops. To just like work in a room, being in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. And it's it's different. It's different than straight acting where you have a scene and there's other people there or not, but it's just you on on stage or okay. screen. But I still just get too. abject terror when I do it.
1: Oh my God. Um, I, that sounds like the most terrifying thing that you could possibly do on the planet to me.
0: <laughs> it's I, I, every time I go to do it, I'm I'm driving there and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just get in a car crash and die. And I'll just be off the hook, you know, <laughs>
2: you you like that X
0: crosses my mind. <laughs> I'm like, why this am sounds I like a better solution. <laughs> yeah. But every time I'm like, I'm kind of bonding with everybody after. And, um uh, they're like, you know, there's so many nice people. They're like, oh, you did great. I was like, oh, thank you so much. You were great too. And <laughs> I was scared stiff. I don't even remember what I said. And they're like, oh no, you were great. And I was like, do you guys um, like at what point does the fear just go away? And they're like, what? No, it never goes away. Never. <laughs> I never. Was like, okay. <laughs> you but, just get
1: used to dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, you're just
0: right. You get used to it. Um, but yeah, that is part of it. Um, with horror, I'm I'm looking at your uh, your IMDb uh, again. It's impressively. Massive! It's awesome. Even in the last couple of years, <laughs> like even twenty twenty has some credits. Uh, I know. Maybe they were recorded last year. Um,
1: some of them, yeah. Some of them were recorded last year. Some of them were yeah. this year, though. I did start oh. like, I I just fil- did a film in Vegas. I just wrapped that uh, two weeks ago.
2: Oh, cool! Um, and then there were some other on?
1: things. Um, that was a project called the Retaliators, um, and ah. so. There's a big, long history to that thing. I, w- I wasn't involved in it from the very beginning. So um, it was essentially... Um, it's a story about a father whose daughter gets um, killed and his revenge and losing his faith through that process and then refinding his faith and finding closure at the end of it um, as he goes mm. into this, like, seedy underworld. Um, but the Intense. the whole... I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting story um and really interesting film it's um the so the the record label better noise has started to make films and so the first film they did was the dirt that Mo- motley Crue biopic
0: oh yeah right 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 i haven't seen yeah. that one but i've heard of it okay
1: so this is their next film
0: that they're cool. doing Cool,
1: nice. um And so they're putting a bunch of, like, licensing a bunch of the music for the bands that they represent that are going to be in the film, so that way they can, like, sell the soundtrack. Um, And also a lot of band members have, like, cameo appearances in the film, which is pretty cool. There's, like, this nice crossover between, you know, rock and roll and horror, because rock and roll and horror are always so interlinked, and they're just, like, bringing it to fruition in in this film.
0: Um, That's awesome. I definitely yeah. want to check that. I'm a big rock and roll metal metal head. I don't know if you remember that about me from. Uh, I R do e-
1: remember that. Do you remember that about me too?
0: <laughs> I do. And I, I was going to bring it up, but it already came up organically. Wow. You didn't have to like be like, "Oh, I'm into it too, by the way." Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I know when I when I first met you, I was like, "This this girl's so metal." And uh, <laughs> definitely walk walk. You're you're the, you're a sweetheart. You're nice. You're friendly. You're great to work with. I've loved working with you. Uh,
2: dinner feelings but, mutual
0: oh thank you so much thank you so much i'm <laughs> glad to see that uh yeah you're, you're still you're still doing your thing and um in terms of horror do you kind of seek out horror or do you find that you're just naturally good at horror and that it seeks you or or how does because you definitely are like i'm gonna go ahead and call you a scream queen you're you're a, <laughs> you're a screen queen you are awesome.
1: um at this point I really i don't really seek out horror i'm actually actively trying to distance myself from horror a little (laughs) bit okay (laughs) just because i've done so much of it and it's like it's the only genre where you get stuck in a box you know Mm -hmm. like you do horror and then you're a scream queen or
0: you're (laughs) oh and here i am labeling you that just now too i'm I'm part of the problem
1: But that's, that's exactly how it is. It's like you do horror and people just think that for some reason that that's really all you can do. And there's so much more that I really want to do and like to do. And I don't want to just be stuck in this bubble. And also there's this thing where I feel like, quote unquote, mainstream films, even if they're horror films, don't really respect like horror there's
0: a, there's a stigma right of like yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, for
0: sure, and I know we we went into that in uh in the horror geeks when we we're defining the word horror, yeah, um,
2: Exactly. you know
0: it's like what's what's the line between thriller and horror, and I actually read once that somebody said, Oh uh, thriller is highbrow horror, and I'm like, well that's just that's dumb,
2: <laughs> you yeah <know>?
0: um, <laughs> i agree i uh I love horror, and i actually um I personally have a lot of respect for people that uh pulled off really well because it's uh you know you're either you're either hitting the horror or you're not right it's like with comedy yeah. I actually probably lean more towards comedy and a lot of people say that to me they're like oh man you're still good at comedy I'm I, I'm scared of drama I mean I always want to like <laughs> I'm like you I want to you know we want to do it all we're, we're you want to do well.
1: everything yeah yeah yeah
0: and, and I think Hollywood's obsessed with with boxes and and sometimes the human Absolutely. race is a little overly obsessed with boxes and like who what are you you know and uh it's like, yeah, we want to act so that we can act and, and, and become yeah. other things. Like, if we just I wanted just to wanna... do one thing, we wouldn't act, you know? We'd just be yeah. us.
2: I just
1: want to <laughs> be an actor. I don't want to be a horror actor or a comedy actor or a whatever. I just want to be an actor
0: in general. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's why I love, I mean, I like I like to think that a lot of people are, are noticing that you can do more. You know but yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely one of those things and it's like, okay well, it's good to be known, a right so it's like all right, I'm known sure. which is great because yeah, that's not always a given. I mean that's something that you have to fight for and you work at and it takes time and you have to build some cred and build some credits and all that. but then it's like, yeah, I mean even in uh, the crew world, I've done a lot of crewing as well and it's like um, you know I remember doing some some gigs and in New Mexico you could work in one union, you could jump from department to department. Um, and even that was a little frowned upon. And I was like, I'm just trying to get on set, you know, and it was like, I hadn't really made my bones yet. And, uh,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I remember people being like, Oh, you're, I didn't know you were a sound guy. I didn't realize you were a sound guy. You're such a sound guy. And I'm like, Oh <laughs> well, yes, I do some sound. Um, but, uh, that's, you know, just part of my arsenal and, uh, but yeah, no, I hear you. So it's, it's definitely, it's, it's tough. And then I like to introduce people as their kind of, you know, like we just had my, my dear friend Rick Galley on last, last time for Jurassic Park. And mm-hmm. he is a great, amazing director of photography. And that's primarily what he focuses on, like career-wise. But he's also a director. He's also a writer. He's also a producer. And he's a fantastic actor. Um, I'm always trying to get him in front of the camera. I've always been, I'm always ready to turn the camera on him. So, yeah, it's like the obsession with kind of wanting to put people in, in boxes. We got we to gotta fight exactly. against it. We got to fight against exactly. it. Exactly
1: yep so i mean that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to do trying to move okay. away for a bit so and i've even like i've even turned down some projects because oh. i was like uh you know like i don't really i'm really i'm really really trying really trying to move away from it
2: yeah um,
1: get just get more of a a mix in there but that's the problem i mean like going back to your original question like that's that's what happens is especially in horror once you start doing horror and doing enough of it that you get known or recognized in that genre then people just are going to reach out to you and want to put you in things that's just how it's going to go which is nice like it's great to always you know having people being like hey I want to put you in my movie because I saw you in this other thing or because I know you work a lot in horror and you know you'd be great for this that's fantastic that's you know every actor's dream but then you get stuck doing so many horror films like you were just looking at my IMDb and at some point you have to be like, okay, I need to change this up a little bit. need to do a little something different. Otherwise, I'm going to be in this same place for my entire life and I don't want to be in this same place for my entire life.
0: So, yeah, well, power to you different. for uh, for turning it stuff. I know that's, that's like the hardest thing to do, I think for, I can't speak for myself because I think there's always that like, Little voice inside of my head when I uh, you know when I'm like oh if I say no then they'll never call me again or I'll never yeah, work that, in this town again or, or whatever. I know I
1: just, that's a really hard voice to like ignore or not yeah. even ignore but like just be like okay it's okay like it's it's okay if you know you say no to this one project and of course you have to say it in a way that it's not I mean since my entire purpose is that I'm trying to move away from horror like that's how I've just been honest with everyone and be like there's nothing to do with you nothing to do with your project or like my want to work with you or anything like that it's just my trying to move out of this genre and to do other things like I'd love to do a western or like a medieval fantasy film like those a period drama <laughs> like those are that's what I really want to do like more than yeah. anything so, doing another low budget horror film that, you know, is probably going to get put on Amazon Prime or something like that, and not a lot of people are going to know of, but it's just another credit on my resume that has some sort of crazy title that's obviously a horror film. That's not really going to help me get into that place.
0: Yeah. Well, power to you. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. And I think I, I like to think people get it. And, you know, if you're just kind of honest and, Uh, yeah
1: exactly being honest being I'm not trying to offend you
0: (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) like people do get
1: offended people super super get offended if you say no that you don't want to be part of their project they like they're like what is it me is it me yeah exactly like what why don't are you too good for me are you like and it's really not that at all
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no No. yeah it's tough well you know how it is when it's your baby and you know
1: for sure it's
0: hard not to take everything personally in the arts. Exactly. we put so much of ourselves into this thing. It's like a power to you and your, your your project. Good luck. And that's great. And I have nothing but best wishes. I just trying to kind of.
1: Do something different.
0: Expand like, my horizons call, here.
1: Please call me for the next one.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Like, I can't do this one, but please call me for the next one. I really want to work with you. Like that, you know, so that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think that what you do on screen, you're very good at it. And uh, you're able to communicate the, the fear and the, the dread and the anxiety. And I think that's, you think maybe, oh, that's kind of simple, You know, it's, it's a base emotion we all go through, it. we're all kind of, we're all animals and you know, but to actually evince and showcase that, you know, when you're cornered and you're out of options and, you know, the d- diplomacy and humanity is kind of out the window. Uh, And maybe that's part of the reason people want you so much, Sarah, uh, (laughs) because in their heart, you know, your ability to do that. And I'm not saying that can't translate over to other things, because I think that's very tough. And I think that'll that'll easily translate to other genres. That ability to kind of, to breathe life into these characters uh, in the situations that are, you know, not real, and then making them believable on screen. Because if it's not believable, then it's not scary, you know, or it's, exactly. not, it's not funny or it's not dramatic or, you know, it's, it's, you can see the lens, you can see the, you know, it's when the moments are real that the audience gets the most sucked in and, and any moment genre dependent is breathed to life the best. In my opinion.
1: Absolutely. You have to feel for the character and whether for good or for bad, whether you like them or you hate them, you have to feel something and have some sort of uh, reaction to them otherwise, what's the point? You don't care about watching the film. <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And sure, that's partly in the writing, um, but a lot of that does fall onto the 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 actor's shoulders for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Was there a moment? Have you had a moment in your career where you kind of lost track of reality, and it was like a like you really were there, kind of, or or was it always a little, like, oh, I'm still Sarah Nichol in in a room with a bunch of lights and crew? Was there ever a moment where you were like, oh my God, this is real?
1: I kind of wish.
0: Yeah, there's still plenty (laughs) of time.
1: You know, like that would be pretty amazing. Like you make it, obviously you make it as real as you can with the, you know, the person that you're talking to and how they're hitting you and what you're hitting them back with and your emotional connection and all that sort of stuff You Mm -hmm. is definitely real. Um, But I haven't ever really lost myself um, in a scene or anything like that. That would be pretty great though. Then you know that you're like super in it. I mean, it's pretty great to be like that committed and that in it, but then at the same time, there's always the, there's always the business professional aspect of it, like in the back of your head, you know, you have to hit your marks, you have to follow your eyeline, you have to track your movements so that you're matching your uh, continuity. So like you can't totally let go because there's all that other stuff that's like churning in the background um, that you're doing just from like the technical actor perspective, as opposed to just the emotional actor perspective. So
0: Mm, maybe, maybe one day. (laughs) yeah yeah for sure i know there's so many um yeah and when 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 it's good and and you're resonating with something you're watching you don't think about all that because you're so in it but yeah there's yeah. so many things going on depending on the camera angle and you said you know you mentioned marks and eyelines stuff like that uh you know that's really all part of it and you know you could be doing the best performance in the world but if you're facing the wrong direction uh, it doesn't really matter so <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, even sometimes like the other actor might not even be in the room, you know? It's the yeah. magic of editing. It's like right. They just put everything together or you shot the wide one day and now two days later you're shooting the close-ups. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it's so, it can be so all over the place. Ideally, you want to do everything all at one time. It's just so much easier <laughs> for the
0: actor like that. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> but you yeah. don't always have that luxury.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, it all seems fluid um, when you watch it, but you never know how many days we're in between X and Y. And, yeah, um,
1: exactly.
0: And then maybe, you know, the lighting changed and, oh, God, now we got to, you know, now we might actually have to pick up the white again or, or what what have you. It happens
2: sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you, have you ever done any theater?
1: Yeah, that's, okay. um, that's more how I started. So I did, you know. The- oh, that's right. You said that. Yeah, I did school plays um, school in plays. like middle school, high school. Then um, I actually got a degree in theater in college. So my degree oh, okay. degree's from Emerson, and it's a, a theater per- performance degree.
0: Oh, you went to Emerson uh, in Boston, right?
1: I did, yeah. <laughs> I, uh,
0: I applied to that school, and I was, I was close to going there. And then I decided on the University of Miami. I was like, I'm going to go south. This was the only <laughs> school that was south of uh, where I grew up in Delaware. You're from you're from the Northeast, correct?
1: I am. I'm from Connecticut originally.
0: You're from Connecticut. Cool.
1: Yeah. So Boston wasn't too far away.
0: So Connecticut to Boston and then then right to Cali or was there any medium stuff? Yeah.
1: Pretty right much. Cali. That was it. Right to Cali. I mean, I spent cool. uh, after college, um, I spent about a year or so still in New England, um, like Boston, Rhode Island, but you know, okay. basically same thing. And then straight out to Cali.
0: Cool. So you, so yeah, so from a theater background and yeah, it's totally different in theater where, like you said, you you just run, you run the show. Sure. You might rehearse in bits and break it up, work on the moments and all that. Um, do you, do you prefer one genre, one medium over the other or. or Uh,
1: It's okay. So I, I like, what I like about theater better than film is that you run the entire thing, top to bottom, all the way through so it's not out of order you're just going through it and you're you don't have to worry as much about all the technical stuff about you know hitting your mark as precisely you can kind of be just being like the general vicinity of where you're supposed to be um and like eyelines, they're not like a thing you don't have to worry about matching your actions or your continuity because you don't need to match it with anything (laughs) that's it um so all of that stuff i really like because it just feels it's a lot easier to be authentic authentic with your emotions, I feel like, because you have less of this unusually constructed environment that you're working in. Um, but then again, at the same time, you still have the audience there reacting to what's going on, which is yeah. um, sometimes really nerve-wracking, <laughs> depending. Um, yeah. But then for film, I really like the creative process of that I like seeing how it evolves in the editing and you know everything that's done after you leave set because you're so just one little piece of that puzzle um, but you know before the film gets done and what you did could completely change based on what they do with the film later on um, so I really like that aspect um, of, of film. And I also, I like that you can do things usually more than one time until you get it right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, or at least what you think uh,
0: is back right. to one reset.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, yeah. in some ways with theater, you do get that too because you're doing the performance over and over and over again. Um, Whereas with film, you're doing it over and over again, just in a much you know shorter span of time, and just piece by
0: piece. Right, um, I like that you called it a puzzle. It really is. Yeah, exactly. With so many moving so, parts, and
1: I also like with the- with a uh, film better is that you it's much more subtle. Like you can you the movement of an eyeball or a blink, <laughs> you know, yeah. in a close up can mean so much whereas on stage you really have to project not just your voice but your emotion and your movements because otherwise uh, people might end up missing a lot of stuff so I think that's the biggest thing that I don't like about theater especially because I mean I tend to speak fairly quietly apparently sound guys are always telling me to speak up so oh yeah (laughs) so I just I like to you know bring it down and just keep it really grounded and I have more difficulty doing that with theater when you're at the same time trying to project and fill an entire yeah
0: totally for sure I'm I'm the opposite I uh (laughs) I I actually yeah I always I always need like a take or two to kind of and I'm trying to get there quicker because sometimes you don't always have that luxury of of a couple of takes um I'm always like they're always like come down a little come down a little you know yeah (laughs) uh so i'm starting to get a lot better at it i actually um was shooting something a couple months ago and i got the note to come up and i was like i almost cried i was like oh never gotten the never gotten the come up note before
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh this is the first
0: time this is a big moment for me (laughs) my goodness Uh, (laughs) i'm getting this thing (laughs) i'm getting this thing down (laughs) yeah um man i i do miss uh i miss i miss being on i mean i mean i miss being on set i miss acting um
1: yeah, in the kind of traditional
0: like, set sense. Doing a lot of animation stuff now. And um, still working on some sketches with my sketch group, No Brow. And uh, we're getting ready to... We've been writing some live action stuff. Still not sure when we're actually going to do it. Probably it's going to be like real small amount of people. And then maybe we'll even work it in so we can figure out how we're not, like you said, in the same room. If it's not too obvious or, or weird. Or plan yeah. The, you know, it's comedic stuff. So we can kind of lean into those elements for for comedy sense, but, uh, that's cool. You were just, you said you were in Vegas.
1: Yeah. So the, um, the production that I was working on, um, originally they weren't going to shoot in LA. Well, they already shot the majority of the film on the East coast. And so we were just doing a week of pickups and some like additional scenes. And so they were originally going to do that in LA but then with everything that's going on with COVID and LA like starting to shut down again they were worried that it could potentially negatively impact the shoot so they moved everything to Vegas
0: that was really smart yeah the last thing you want to do is be like already in it and then having to because then you like already (laughs) shot some stuff and you're kind of in that limbo in the zone right
1: yep exactly
0: that was really smart on their part
1: yeah, it was especially because I mean, while we were in Vegas, is when they just released that the next order of shutting down gyms and bars again and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So we're very- no, I was
0: about to get a haircut and everything.
2: <laughs> I almost made
0: it. <laughs> uh,
2: so close.
0: I don't know if you're seeing an image on Zoom right now, um, but I'm at a hand right now. My hair. I'm I'm looking at my my image of myself here, and uh, probably should see a barber soon here. Not sure when I'll get a chance, but uh
1: are barbers I feel like barbers are still open, but hair salons are not something like that. I don't know. I have a friend who runs a hair salon and so that was something that she was complaining about, how barbers are are fine, but hair salons are not, and how you know, just her her struggle with running a salon that keeps getting closed down and like how is she supposed to, you know, make ends meet with all of that? But
0: Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. It's it's an absolute nightmare and um yeah, it's, uh, it's been crazy and I'm worried a lot of people are going to leave LA if it goes on for too, too much longer. I know. Like we're here to, we're paying the, you know, we're paying more rent uh, or if I think you're one of the, like two people I know that actually own property. So congrats on that. That's,
1: that's, <laughs> oh, <thanks>. that's, uh,
0: <laughs> that's cool. You have the house in, uh, you said North Hollywood, right?
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That's so cool. Congrats on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like we're here for this. Why are we? And then a lot of people, like myself, dip into the service industry to kind of stay here. And yeah, uh, and that's totally. You know, that's
1: dried up too.
0: Horrible. Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, we'll find something different or whatever, you know, for now. But uh, I don't really know where to start. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what All do I know. do now? <laughs> Yeah. Now that everyone also wants work from home jobs, you know, at this point. So
0: yeah, exactly. And there's only so many and what a yeah. what a year, Sarah. This is uh this has been oh my god, I know. You know, this has been darker than any Stephen King novel or <laughs> anything I've seen before. Yeah, I no, um, you know. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to hear of like things actually happening still. Um uh, a couple of my friends are in uh, Georgia right now making a feature. And yeah, they're all wearing the masks, and they're doing it, and they're they're doing all the guidelines, and I guess there's like a checklist they have to abide by, and there's so many steps that they have to take, and they're doing it, though. Power to them. Um, it's like a three-week production. Yeah. Fortunately, it's all in one spot. It's, it all takes place at this house, and like in and around this kind of mansion.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: So, yeah, but I mean, hats off to people that are uh, weathering the storm right now, because man, yeah. it's... Uh, it's a doozy.
1: <laughs> it's tough. I mean, especially like if they're going to, you know, do it the right way, which they should with all the like new guidelines and everything and that's just going to add such an increase in at least from I mean what I could tell with the shoot that I did because we had uh so we did so much covid testing. So I I was tested 3 days before getting the set, the day before we were supposed to start shooting and then every day at the beginning of shooting. Every day. So like every day. <laughs> so that is not only a giant time suck but a money suck as well yeah so like these you know little indie projects because i mean i have a project that i'm producing right now that's a it's an ultra low budget project and we can't afford that at all like our budget is stretched so thin just putting everything on screen right we can't pay you know for these you know tests for 50 people like every day or you know like and just it's yeah it's a lot it's really it's unfortunately yeah. what I think is going to happen is that it's it's going to push a lot of low budget projects to no longer be SAG projects and to be non-union because technically if you're non-union you don't have to follow all of those guidelines you can okay. just go and do whatever you're going to do um, and hope that everyone on set is okay with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's no joke. I mean, the limited baseball season looks like it might be threatened with a bunch of Marlins testing positive. And uh yeah, it's uh curious to see how the the Senate briefing's going to go this week with uh the, you know, the decision to extend unemployment and you know, the next stimulus package and Yeah, I uh feel like we're we got a, a lot ahead of us still. Yeah, more ahead than behind, almost. You know, which is no. Well,
1: I mean, that whole thing about like how there's going to be a second phase and a third phase and everything. This is still phase one.
0: I know. We never made it to two, did we?
1: We we still have or the second wave. We haven't even made it to the second wave, which is supposed to be like the worst the worst version of where we already are. So,
0: yeah, like we're still in the first one, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think so from what I read or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Crazy. Unless, like, the U.S. is just going to like power all the way through and combine one and two, and the rest of the world is just going to have like a a resurgence, and we're just because you know we've done such a terrible job at containing this thing.
0: I know. It's really been. I wish we could just we could just lock down as much as it's as as much as it sucks. Just lock down, do it right. Maybe we can you know see the end of this. But right now, it just seems like the the tunnel is going on and on and on and on and on. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely tested us all. So I'm glad to hear you're uh, staying creative and you're, you're, you're making your own project. Do you wanna talk about uh, the project you're producing?
1: Sure, it's, um, well, it's not entirely my project. So it's a, a friend of mine, it's really his project and his idea um, and film that he wanted to do. And he just asked me if I would help him and produce it to get it going. Um, right. so That's it's good. a film called psycho a It takes place in the 1960s. Um, it's oh, a wow. slasher musical. Um, yeah, oh, that really. takes place in a go-go club. So a go-go dance club. Um, so it's m- leading up to their opening night. Um, and there's, there's a couple different things going on, but you know, there's a, a killer on the loose. Um, and then there's, uh, There's some mobsters also that have an interest in this club as well. And so, um, yeah, just all the girls that work there having their difficulty with their interpersonal relationships um, and just trying to, you know, navigate that plus all of these external forces, plus the club trying to open, plus their, you know, shithead of a boss and like all this, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So
0: this is a short or a feature? It's a feature. Wow, I was going to say this sounds like do you already have a club do you already have a club in mind or a club that's willing to
1: Yeah, we already have a location. Um oh, we're great. actually uh we're going to be using a soundstage um just outside of LA um where they they essentially already have a club scene built there, so we're just going to be um renting that and using that. Oh, perfect. Um so, yeah, I mean, during this whole shutdown and everything, we've really just been focusing on getting the rest of our cast in place because um, we've been doing, you know, video auditions for, for all of our cast. So we've pretty much got everyone nailed down. Um, we have all of our crew lined up. Um, our costumer has been, you know, starting to work on costumes for everyone since we have the cast. So we're basically, we have everything in place and ready to go. We just need to figure out this Whole, like COVID situation as far as actually getting back to work and number one if we can afford it which you know is I've read somewhere that it's estimated to increase budgets by like 20% which is a lot but yeah, then absolutely. also we have a really tight shooting schedule and it's going to add additional time to our day and then also we have a big crowd scene at the end and like you can't really have a big crowd scene and keep everyone six feet away from each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's just, it's, there, there's a lot um, to try to balance and and Mm -hmm. we really do want to move forward with it. But at the same time, our investor like isn't breathing down our neck or anything to get it done by a specific time. So we don't really have a mandated deadline that we need to hit. So right now we're kind of like, well, we can just leave it on pause until we find a time when we can move forward in a way that is safe for everyone. And also that we can make the movie that we want to make and have a fun time doing it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, you know, why else, why else are you making movies? <laughs> you want to yeah, have fun.
2: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: and so it's just, it doesn't seem like in the current environment, that that's really a, a possibility. So, I mean, right. hopefully by the end of the year, hoping that we'll be able to do it, but um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I really hoping the uh, operation warp speed or whatever they're calling it can uh, get to a vaccine <laughs> uh, as soon as possible. They, they seem optimistic about hopefully the end of the year, I guess, but by the time, you know, it's tested and, and executed and all that, and it's out. Probably yeah. Like, Maybe like late winter, early spring. So
1: that would still be great, though.
0: That would still be great, but it still seems like really far away right now.
1: (laughs) I know, I know. Although this year has flown by. Oh my God, can you believe that we only have four more months left in this year? Isn't that crazy? Is that
0: right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, four more months. Five more. Well, we're almost in August. August, July, August, September, October, November, July. Five. All right, fine.
0: Well, what's a month? (laughs) What's <laughs> a month? Now I remember when I was a kid and I was like, "Oh my God, one month to Halloween! I can't wait." And then my, <laughs> my dad's like, "It's a month away. That's really far." And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's not that bad." And it really was back then when you were five. But yeah, now I'm when like, I, like I, I sleep in one day, and then it's like a month goes by.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, and I still sleep in because I really like. I just I'm a big sleep person, so I I tend to sleep until like. 9 30 10 like every day anyway oh, yeah. and then oh, like if I don't it. have it if I have nothing to do maybe still noon one like I'm still I'm in my 30s and I can still hit that I'm still going the distance with the sleep in it
0: <laughs> I know I know a lot of people are like I wish I'm so jealous I, I wish I could sleep in like you Andy you uh and I'm like oh man what happened or like I just wake up and I'm just like doesn't matter when I go to bed if I'm just up it's I'd probably programming from having like a consistent schedule which I've never yeah. really had in my life so
1: <laughs> yeah uh,
0: there are benefits to having a consistent schedule but um yeah so i think a lot of people i was i a lot of people were kind of amazed how i, I was able to kind of like make the make the adjustments but i was like well i never really had a like a solid like i have to be up at six every day kind of schedule you know and uh and in the film world yeah i mean maybe one day you got to get a early then the next day you got to actually you want to sleep so because you have a night scene or whatever you got to be mm-hmm. up um and then i also work in banquets in you know in hospitality so well i used to in the old <laughs> hours, <the laughs> when
1: before. that was still a thing
0: yes when it was still a thing and uh you know it would all be based on events so i never BC, really
1: before covid
0: before covid bc <laughs> uh, i haven't heard that one
1: i just made that up <laughs> that's good
0: that's good <laughs> I'm honored I was in the (laughs) the virtual room with you when you had that idea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been such a wacky time. And I got to say that, yeah, doing this podcast and working on other things creatively have just given me something to focus on, something that I can take control of. Um, Well. For sure. At least the illusion of control of. But otherwise, you can just be glued to the news and just being like, it's, it feels like we're at the whim of like some of these leaders, quote unquote, I don't want to get too political on the show, but uh, yeah,
2: I'm it's like, hard well, to I, be like,
0: Argh. it's hard not to be <laughs> all just cursing your, your TV right now.
1: That's, yeah, I, for the most part, I avoid the news. Uh, my fiance listens to the news and reads it every morning. And mm-hmm. then he's like depressed for the rest of the day. I'm like, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Why? Why? It's not getting any better. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> We're staying home, and that's really all you need to know. That's it. No,
0: I know. I definitely I'm definitely consuming more news than I've ever had in my life, which relatively isn't a big it's a big jump because I really wasn't a bunch of a news junkie, but I'm trying to find that line, and I think I agree with you, Sarah. I think the line is just don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, right now, unless okay, so if there is some sort of vaccine that comes out, You're going to hear about it even if you don't watch the news. Like, it will get to you. I have no doubt. And honestly, that's the only thing that I really want to hear about in the news right now is that there's a vaccine.
2: More people are dying,
1: more people, you know, businesses being shut down, not being allowed to go out. That's just more of the same. I know that. I don't need to be reminded about that every single day. You know, our really quote unquote leaders, again, won't get too political, say some stupid shit or do something to inflame a lot of people. Again, yeah. we've been dealing with this for the past four years. So <laughs> nothing new, nothing new. That no positive things are going to come out of like just being annoyed by that every morning.
0: <laughs> I know that's 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 really well said. Yeah, it's like you know, as artists, we want to kind of have, we want to be someone in touch with our world, I guess. But I think yeah. you nailed it on the head when you said it's more of the same, more of the same. I, you're right. I I love that. I'm like, you know what? Unless it's a vaccine, it's just gonna I'm just gonna know in my heart that it's more of the same because what else would it be? You know.
1: What else would it be? More depressing shit every day. It's really was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and and then you just ultimately feel like you're at the mercy of, of other higher powers or whatever you want to. I don't want to call it higher, exactly. but uh, you know. Yes, Other powers I know. Other powers. I feel like I have a couple more horror questions for you. I hope you don't hate me for it.
1: No, of course not.
0: <laughs> when it's time to be scared to death. Oh, boy. What do you have like a, a memory or an experience that you conjure, a feeling, a vibe that you like a moment in your life, or what's your kind of. And I like, all right, Sarah, time to be scared AF. <laughs> All right. Lights, camera, action. You know, what, uh, is there something in your toolbox that you, that you use or, or is it just different time to time?
1: I think for that specifically, I really just try to work within the moment and like the mm-hmm. surroundings that I have in the situation that I'm in. That like, that tends to be what, I think works the best for me. Just, I mean, sometimes for, for other stuff, I'll do like, I'll do like memory replacements where, you know, I access a memory that I have that elicits a certain type of reaction and then inject that into the scene But I feel like, especially with like the, you know, being scared and horror stuff, you have to react to what's actually happening there. And if it's not actually happening there, if it's a green screen or something something like that, you need to create what is actually happening in your mind so that you have that to give your performance off of and to react to. Um, because, I mean, everyone's had trials and tribulations in their lives, but I've never been chased by a masked killer or anything. And, you know, I've never, (laughs) there've been a a few times when like, exactly. (laughs) Um, There, there's been a few times when I, you know, I was definitely like very, 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 very scared, but it's such a physical reaction that I feel like it's hard to emotionally recreate that just from accessing a memory at least for, you know, this, this times that I've felt scared, someone else might completely disagree with that and have a totally different process. Um, but for, for me, at least, um, just trying to react to, oh my God, this guy is coming at me with a giant machete, um, and, and is going to kill me. Like that's terrifying. And that's, you know, making that real for you. Like we were talking about, you know, getting
0: lost in the scene earlier.
1: Yeah. Making that real as much as you possibly can. Um, and then reacting off of that.
0: That's great. That seems like great, you know, acting advice across the board for any, you know, to be in any kind of genre or any situation, right? You want to just be as embedded in that moment as possible. And has uh, has any hard director done anything like, uh, you know, at the famous moment from Alien where they surprised uh, they surprised the captain with the with the alien monster and he wasn't <laughs> aware of it, kind of thing? Was there any like, you know, moments where you were startled?
1: um yeah. i don't think anyone's actually done anything like that <laughs> um i mean yeah. honestly i would i would probably laugh because <laughs> like you're in it you're in yeah. a scene and like you know you know it's a set but like as right. much as you try to get rid of like suspend that disbelief there's still lights and crew and a boom and there's all yeah. this stuff around you that you're, sitting
0: on the, on the, on the yeah
1: that you're yeah. trying to block out as much as you can and so then if something like just comes out as like, that breaks the reality, the fake reality that you're creating for yourself. I think I would just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, um,
1: sure. I think the closest though, is I had uh, a director and he did this with permission. So he, um, and it wasn't necessarily to get a specific reaction out of me. We were just trying to match. Um, I had just been in a fight scene and uh, our makeup artist had already gone home for the day. Um, and, I didn't have any like bruises or anything on my face. And he's like, well, you just got hit in the face. Like your cheek would at least be like a little red or something. And he looked at me and he was like, do you trust me? And this is a reference to, um, so him and I um, were and are still good friends. And um, he had told me a story about how the making of the exorcist. Um, William Freakin had talked uh, to, I'm forgetting the name of the, the older priest, the, that actor who was an actual priest. Um,
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Max von Sydow.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, And had said that to him, said, do you trust me? And, you know, Max said yes. And then William just slapped him and, you know, was like, roll action. And just like immediately got the reaction like this. Oh, my God. Reaction out of him um, for doing that. So as soon as he said, do you trust me? I'm like, all right, I know what you're going to do. You go ahead. Just do it. And so, yep, he slapped me. (laughs) <laughs> Just to get like that, um, the like not bruise the the redness on my face, and also like it was a good it was a good wake up call to really get me into that scene. Like honestly, yeah, it, it was very yeah, yeah, it was very helpful. There's there's a visceral reaction you have to being hit. You know, that's, oh yeah, that's really hard to replicate. So
0: well, I like that you said visceral because yeah, so so many times horror is like any, any, any genre, you always want to be in it, no matter what it is, but yeah, there's something so carnal and visceral, but like, you know, when your hair stands on the, you know, when your hair stands up on your neck, and you just feel that, like, oh my god, you know,
1: exactly, and it, it's, yeah, it's hard to
0: get there, uh, that's why I just have a lot of respect for, uh, people like yourself that can get there, and kind of continually get there, and I, I honestly think, you know, hire Sarah for everything, because if you can do that, <laughs> then, then you can do it all, and that's, I mean it, You know that's. Uh, Aww, thank you <laughs> yeah for sure well I'm I hope he didn't slap you too hard sounds like no you he didn't friends,
1: so. <laughs> we're still friends and it wasn't very hard I mean he did it in just enough you know but he it wasn't like a wind up in his <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 I did a I did a short in college at University of Miami and it was a comedy and uh I just kept getting smacked and it's really funny but after like the fifth time we did it i was like oh my god if she hits me one more time i don't know if i'm going to be able to handle it i'm like i'm like just lose myself and I, yeah and then fortunately i think i uh i think i like said something i was like oh we don't have to like full 100% uh you know the smack uh you know and again it, it, again it wasn't it wasn't trying to like wake me up or give me adrenaline or anything it was just like yeah it, like it was very slapstick but it was like <laughs> man i was pretty uh pretty rosy on that cheek there after the that yeah
1: trip. I'm sure you were.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that was a uh, that was something. All right, well, cool. Well, you have cho- you have chosen the 1994 noir thriller dystopian. I don't even know. Not dystopian. That's not. The word. <laughs> gothic. Anyway, gothic. We'll, gothic. That's the word. Gothic yeah. noir fantasy thriller. I think is where I landed on.
1: Very. That's um, good. Yeah.
0: And actually, I I like I like that this movie's kind of speaking of putting things in boxes and not being able to like this movie is kind of out there in its own little, little landscape. But anyway, shall we, shall we revisit the 1994 classic, The Crow?
2: Yes,
1: we shall.
0: I'm so excited. I know. (laughs) So excited. All right. Well, we'll be right back, folks. Again, my guest is Sarah Nicklin, actress, producer. We will be gone for a little while watching the movie The Crow. For you, it will just be instantaneous. For us, it will be the duration of the film. See you. See you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Nicklin and myself have just watched the 1994 dark gothic thriller fantasy comic book adaptation, The Crow.
1: I like how you make that sound, like, so impactful. The Crow. The
0: Crow. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: it's, uh, oh my gosh, what a movie. I'm i forgot more than i remember to be honest i thought I really yeah like i feel like i'm assimilating a whole new movie i mean i remember the broad strokes Yeah, obviously it's not a movie that you'll forget and it's full no. of iconic imagery absolutely um, i feel like
1: I've, I've watched this film probably once a year
2: <laughs> oh wow! Nice.
1: Over over maybe the past like five years or so, and then like before that, I hadn't really seen it since I first saw it in high school. Um, okay, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wow. Where do we begin? Well, first things first. Uh, why this movie, Sarah? Why'd you why you land on this one?
1: Um, well, this is my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> your favorite movie?
1: Um, it is definitely my favorite movie. Um, awesome. I also feel like it was the first movie that really introduced me to or let me know that there was a world outside of the uh, happy, feel-good movies that my parents were watching. <laughs> um, yes. You know, like my, my, my parents were... We had a steady dose of uh, talking animal movies and like Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, like on TV and Touched by an Angel. So like that's oh, yeah. like what I grew up watching um yeah. and so that's then, all great
0: that's all great and
1: all i mean as i was super entertained as a kid like that stuff was great yeah. absolutely um and then, then you saw you know, this this just like blew my mind when i first saw it and i was like oh my god i'm in love i'm in love brandon lee you're my new love <laughs>
2: like yeah
1: um and it just in this and i didn't see it until um high school. So probably 2000, 2000 2001, thousand one, two thousand two, somewhere somewhere in there. Um so it still had definitely been out for a while. And then, you know, hearing about obviously the tragedy that happened, it just makes yeah. it makes it even more heart wrenching. It's just it's it's a heart wrenching film already and hit me so emotionally already, but then like you just put that on top of it. And I was just like, Oh my god. Such yeah. a good film. I just love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually, I kind of want to talk about Brandon right up front and the tragedy. I feel like it's one of those things that we don't just kind of hit it. Get on it out of
1: the way. Nah, get yeah. it out <laughs> of the way.
0: Uh, and yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, the movie—it's almost like this kind of uh, like Escher loop where it's like a movie about how life is precious. And, you know, here we get a chance to have a soul who was wrongfully taken off the off the face of the planet, he and his mm-hmm. wife, uh, Brandon Lee and his wife in the movie. And then they get a chance to come back and kind of right the wrong. Um, and there's so many moments about, like, appreciating life. And he's not back from the dead. He's just back from the dead to kind of set things.
1: Straight, yeah. Straight,
0: more or less, even though there's no bringing no bringing her back um so the fact that he died in the making of the movie in a very tragic way in a very kind of unjustifiably sad way just adds this whole other layer to the movie that makes it that much more haunting and powerful
1: absolutely i it kind of makes me wonder um you know like Would this film be as successful as it was if it wasn't for that tragedy, you know? Which is is kind of, well, it is really sad um, that that's, I I think, something that helped to make this film um, really what it is and, and give it its popularity, even though it's a great film aside from that. But you can never really talk about this film without you know bringing up the tragedy it just
0: goes yeah, hand in hand <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. for sure yeah and uh i guess i always was under the impression that it was a much bigger budget movie than it really really is um i believe it was only somewhere in like the 27 million dollar range i mean this was the early 90s yeah
1: it i don't think it was a huge um it wasn't like a huge budget film at the time um and, and i also i feel like It. I feel like it sparked um, that aesthetic, that like comic book, gothic, dark, gritty aesthetic that you hadn't really seen before. Um, I mean, obviously when I first saw it, I was coming from a very sheltered background and I definitely had never seen anything like this before. But um, any film that I can think of off the top of my head that has a similar... uh, grade to it, I guess, uh, is definitely much later on um, in in the timeline uh, after this film. So I think it was really impactful for a lot of reasons.
0: Yes, I, I cl- totally agree with everything you're saying. And uh, yeah, I, I actually just recently watched The Matrix not too long ago for the first time in a while. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't help but feel that it, uh, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from The Matrix. It's a great film. And obviously, you know, great art is always off other art you know, what was, what was inspiring to the artists of the time when they made it. But I, I can't help but think that without this, that, uh, you know, movies like the Matrix probably wouldn't have been, you know, I think this movie really is, uh, like you said, a, a beautiful adaptation of a comic book. I mean, we had the Tim Burton yeah. Batmans and I, I can't help but feel the kinship with the Tim Burton approach to the Batman films. Um, and then uh, even Heath Ledger and the whole situation with the Joker and uh, mm-hmm. like the Nolan one. And um I think actually I was struck by how clown like he really looks and how joker-esque he really looks in this movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I almost
0: said, man, he's like a great, he's like a good joker. You know, he's like uh he's like a warm-hearted joker, you know, he's a dark character. Um he's dead. He's like kind of this like revenant ghost. But yeah, I can't help but think that uh a lot a lot of things subsequential really owe really owe the crow for uh, really owe the crow
1: (laughs) (laughs) for a lot of a lot of inspiration
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah and I think it was really ballsy to you know it was a comic book series um, created by James Obar I guess 1989 so that would have been five years prior and it was definitely a cult it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a situation where it was like the new Batman the new Superman or you know
1: no definitely under the radar
0: Yeah, definitely a very cult under the radar. And then uh, I think it was really, really, really gutsy to make the movie. And unfortunately, it sounds like they had to, they had to, but there was some corners cut. And unfortunately, at a very, very crucial moment, they didn't check a weapon that had had something in it. It basically had some of this uh, primer powder in it. And then when they went to load the blank, uh, it got lodged in there and then fired off and and shot and killed Brandon. And it's it is yeah. absolutely hauntingly tragic and sad. Tragic,
1: so tragic.
0: Yeah, he was cut cut down at 28 years old. And um, I actually, I know we talked on the phone a couple of days ago. You said you had seen the uh, the cursed film series on Shudder. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I rewatched the episode last night, and um, I. I agree with a lot of what was said that, you know, unfortunately they just, they were trying, it was really like the little movie that could in a lot of ways. And you, yeah. you don't feel it and see it. When you—when I was a kid, I just thought, oh, this was a giant release. This was like, this Absolutely. was the Batman of the year, you know.
1: It looked huge. <laughs>
0: it looks huge. And, and that's a testament to some incredible direction, production design, the acting. Uh, Alex Proyas, you know, really, really created a mythology here. I mean, yes, it was the backbone of the comic, but it was definitely re-envisioned well because they
1: also i mean when they adapted that so uh david scow that wrote wrote the script script and did the adaption because there was a a lot that coming from the comic that actually didn't get included in the mm. script which ultimately i think was pretty beneficial um because yeah. in the comic he he's missing that Likeability <laughs> that he has um in the film um and there's even like whole characters like uh the skull cowboy that was yeah, the in skull the comic cowboy. book yeah that never made it into the film and i'm honestly really glad that it worked out that way because i think it really would have detracted from what we ended up um seeing in this final version of you know the movie that we have now if all of that stuff had actually been there
0: yeah, no, that's that's really well said, and that's a good point. I, I agree. I uh, Yeah, I was watching the Cursed films, and they were talking about the Skull Cowboy, and I was like, oh, well, where is the Skull Cowboy? And then they at the end of the episode, they say how well. Um, fortunately, they had shot the bulk of the movie with Brandon. Yes. But what they hadn't shot was the beginning, right? And um, Right. So that's the what opening... they ended up doing, kind of like in flashbacks, and it's very like, flashy. Exactly. And lots of close-ups,
1: really, like yeah, on his back and not on his face, and like you know, yeah. got a, a body double for him and to do that.
0: Right, and I, I actually thought that um, I mean that was kind of a necessity because he unfortunately had tragically passed away, and that's terrible. But I actually f- agree with you that it serves it to a degree where less is kind of more, and I feel like he comes out right. He's literally, he just you know when he comes out of the gravestone the year later, Devil's yeah. Knight, Devil's Night, Devil's uh, Night, the following year, and he's like he kind of moans and he shivers it's very like a baby being born and yes he remembers his past life and yes he's avenging revenging that past life but it's almost in my mind because the beginning was so flashy and stroby it kind of creates it like this is really his new reality right it's very much not the same man anymore he's rebirthed Absolutely, that separation is clear. I think,
1: and I, I feel like there's almost there's a lot of pain in his rebirth too. Oh, you know, yeah. as, as he goes through that and remembers like these fragments, you know, of his life yeah, and you see then. how much it's it's hurting him, like physically, emotionally, mentally, like hurting him.
0: He's yeah.
1: not he's not a happy ghost. Like he's not. You know, I feel fine, and I'm just back in the world. Like he is so tortured by how he died and you know seeing shelly die or no he didn't really see her die because she hung hung on and you know lived, went through the hospital later right. but like it's just there's um
0: well he gets it yeah. later with the mind meld right with um, yes
1: with, with Ulrich, the, the detective yes. yeah
0: ernie hudson who i totally forgot was in this movie i'm like i'm <laughs> i'm like there's a ghostbuster <laughs> We got Winston, we got Winston Zeddemore uh, uh, as uh, Albrecht. I was like, and he's great. He's so good. And I, he's so I, good. I find that there is a lot of tenderness in this movie, which I kind of didn't pick up on the first. I remember, I mean, obviously the dark Gothic elements stuck. Right. I think that's maybe why I didn't necessarily run back to it. I, I think I was really blown away in high school and I think I saw it once in college maybe, but I was kind of like, all right, well, it's pretty dark. And, um, this time through, I caught how much it is about like bonding and love yeah. and connections. Love—that's what well, the yeah. entire film.
1: That, that's it's, why it's love. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just this amazingly deep, dark romance. Like that is, you know, every every yeah. like every romantic part of myself like just responds to this film so much because like here's a man that would. Go through anything, including coming back from the dead, to do right by the the woman that he loves.
0: Like that's just
1: you can't get any more romantic than that. Like, oh my god! Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> and and even the connection with um with Sarah, the uh, the little, young, little girl,
1: yeah, the young not girl, little teenager. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, she's uh played by Rochelle Davis. Was it Raquel? Anyway, I. She's I don't hardly, think she did
1: much acting after that.
0: Yeah, she hasn't done much acting and yeah. she's so good in this. And yeah. I guess it's not really clear exactly. I mean, she feels like a daughter, but it's not a daughter. She wasn't like right. the blood daughter of this couple. But
1: she's like a off the street. They're just gonna take care of her because Darla is doing such a shitty job of it.
0: <laughs> right, right. Her and, and that whole B story with Darla as like learning to be a good mother again, and she directly directly touched by Brandon by uh yep. by the crow. Eric, Eric Draven, which yeah. uh, I can't believe I didn't pick it up before, but Raven with the D in front of it is Draven. Raven,
2: Draven.
0: <laughs> um, Raven, Crow, are they the same thing? That's, that's a similar... Uh...
1: They're very similar. I don't think they're actually the same. They're slightly
0: different. They're the same species. genus?
1: Yeah. Ravens Ravens are bigger. Crows are a little smaller.
0: Yeah, but there's one part where he's actually, like, quoting the, the poem, the Agra and poem. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a Raven. Did you hear me rapping?
1: Nevermore. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear me rapping, tapping at my chamber door?
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Didn't you hear the rapping? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's some really, really, really funny, tender moments and lines in the movie that I think give it so much life beyond, obviously, the the revenge elements. Yeah, Um,
1: that's what makes it. And I feel like that's that's what what made it so different. Because at least a lot of other... I feel like most pretty much every other revenge film that I'm thinking of like off the top of my head are really missing that. It's, it's the revenge films that, I mean, a lot of the ones I've seen, it's just a someone that is blindly on a course out of anger. They don't have this inner turmoil. And I don't want to say conflict because he's not conflicted about what he's doing, but inner, inner torture, ter- turmoil, um, surrounding the death, the, the, everything that, surrounding the events that caused um, his death. And also that he's doing, and there's also this love there. Like, even when he's going through and doing these horrific things, it's, it's out of love in like a weird, <laughs> a yeah. weird way, which is just a lot of, I feel like a lot of revenge films are just, just action, just blood, and just like hardcore. Um, and they don't have that tenderness, like you said um writing below it and that's what makes this film so different.
0: Honestly, yeah. And and I caught all that on this go so so much more and and yeah, the kind of bromance with uh Eric and uh and Albrecht. I I I thought Ernie Hudson crushed it in this movie. He was uh he was so likable and he was like, yes yeah. he was a tough cop, like he's got the street smarts, got the street cred, but he cares about Sarah. He cares about what happened. He stayed with the wife. He stayed in and yeah. stayed with her in the hospital. And this world kind of paints it like, oh, the the hardcore detectives kind of like, kind of crap on, uh, you know, like the street cops. It's like, oh, right, s- step aside, let's do our job. You know what I mean? Right. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he's really the one that's in touch with the community. He's really the one that's kind of there on the ground. You know. And um, yeah, that, the scene with uh, the scene with Brandon and Ernie in in Ernie's apartment where he catches him with his underwear and he's like, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, freeze. (laughs) Uh, After there, he, you know, it was kind of the reversal where, and he tells him to stay still. And then he's like, don't you say (laughs) freeze? And he's like, I say, I say, stay still. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There's so many like little funny moments and then tender moments and poetic moments.
1: And that Um, you're still wearing your cap. You're still
2: wearing your cap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh, are you going to, uh, I was like, all right, bye. And at the end of the scene, he's like, are you going to disappear again? Like, like usual. And he's like, oh, I'll just use your front door.
1: Right. Like, yeah, that's
0: like, <laughs> like stuff like that. It was it, those subtle little things added so much humanity to it because yes, he's this undead revenant shadow shade of a human or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, but he still does care. And you're right. He, he re-experiences his birth is from his death. So as this new creature, he experiences the the pain of dying again in his birth and reassimilating that into his now consciousness in new life and he experiences things and he feels them like he's soaking the cigarette and
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know he, he relishes in these little moments and honestly that line brought a tear to my eye when he says uh, there are no what is i'm sorry what's the line i'm butchering it was like there are no there are no trivialities i think there's nothing true oh
1: nothing nothing is trivial
0: Nothing is trivial. Yeah, you know, I used to, I used to make fun of my wife that this was trivial, that was trivial, or whatever. <laughs> but now I realize that every moment matters, everything is and that was so powerful. And again, the the haunting the haunting double double element of him being gone man you know, not even getting to see the the final cut, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Well, and also, you know, thank you to everyone that worked on the film and made that decision as they did for the sake of Brandon, because of his incredible performance in this to actually go forward and finish it it and get it done. Um, Cause that, that I think, I mean, would have been even more of a tragedy tragedy if he, you know, put his heart and soul into this film as he did. And then, it just didn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I know. And they mentioned that in the cursed films that uh, it was really the the family that said, you know, he he was really really proud of his his work on this and to be part of it, and he would want he would want it to be to be finished. Yeah, and absolutely, uh, it is such a nice kind of um, it's his film, you know, it, 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 it's his yeah. film. I I
1: heard, um, I forget where I heard this, it might have just been a rumor or something, but I heard that he actually would, in order to kind of, part of his process for like getting into character is he would actually take ice baths (laughs) while doing this film, just to kind of like get into that place of being this like dead, immobilized, not in touch with your body necessarily Mm. creature um that's yeah. out there like killing people
0: yeah the physicality oh that's that's really interesting I, I didn't uh I didn't know that. that's great yeah I mean forget he, where he I really heard that I
1: could be totally wrong <laughs> I forget
0: where I heard that but <laughs> it's, it's a great one uh know I, I don't doubt it I mean um yeah he really the physicality obviously it's a very physical um you know it's an action piece with a lot of a lot of fighting a lot of gunfire um you know you're in these kind of murky gross it's very dark. It's always raining, which they actually make fun of. He's like, it can't always rain, right? That's another great line. Mm-hmm. Like, even in this it world, it's always raining. It can't yeah. rain all the time. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh, and I thought that, yeah, I mean, now I, I see some of the filmmaking when it's like, I think that was a model, and then there's the crows flying around, and we get the kind of bird's eye. Yeah. Like, but this world is so palpable and, like, gross and noir, and it's just yeah. It has this certain, like, 90s noir cool mood to it that's just so Absolutely.
1: Oh, and amazing. the villains. I mean, well, l- the main villain, like, top dollar. Like, he's just... He's such a unique, interesting bad guy, you know? Yeah. Like, with his long, crazy hair and, yeah. you know, his sort of concubine sister maybe not sister what the fuck's going on there yeah i wasn't Uh, sure like i was like wait are
0: you saying that he's like don't you see the (laughs) resemblance
1: yeah (laughs) uh... and he's just i mean that was another reason like when i first saw this film that just kind of blew me away blew me away it was like i had never been exposed to anything that was like this dark seedy underbelly you know what world um and so this was the first time that i was like. Seeing something like that that wasn't um polished, or you know, and it was just
0: right. Yeah, really, like, really. Is- I can I can just see you as a kid just being like, "What is this?" You know. What is this?
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I I definitely felt it too. I uh I grew up with the Tim Burton Batman, so I think I I, I think I'm maybe a little grateful that I had that kind of to wean up to this because yeah, I don't know if I would have been able <laughs> to him, but, uh,
1: <laughs> just jump right in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, not to take anything away from the crow cuz it's very much the blending of the kind of models with we're getting this kind of alternate reality, right? Like is it is Detroit, right? Or it's supposed to be Detroit?
1: It's supposed or it yeah, exactly. Um But you kn- you kind of know it's this them. like
0: otherworldly feeling of it, right? It's just this kind of like permanently dark. Um I'm actually a huge fan of his uh one of his next films. I think it was his next film it was a uh... Dark City? Dark City, yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. I am a fan of that as well and then he kind of everything after that no offense to him kind of went to shit but Dark City was still good.
0: (laughs) Yeah I I like the iRobot visualization it got a little Hollywood but I thought he brought his mythology building abilities um, in his toolbox from from doing these and yeah I did a lot of uh, he did a lot of music videos he cut his teeth like kind of like David Fincher he did a he did some music videos and then um, went right into features off of that and I think I think that probably helped him with some of the stylistic kind of the atmospheric elements. Um, Absolutely. World building, you know, that you get. And yeah, it really, really comes into play here. Oh. And um, yeah, I think looks like criticism. Some people said it was a little flat, like story wise, but I actually think it's really? simple. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's, I, I mean, I think it's amazing. I think it's a masterpiece, but I, you can argue that it's a little more style than kind of like character. Where it's, but it's very, it's very not, it's simple, I, but it's actually quite powerful. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a simple story, but
0: model it with with other exactly.
1: Stuff, you know? and I think exactly. that's great.
0: I think that's a good thing.
1: I feel, I feel like the characters are really well developed, very well defined. The story is completely there. You don't it at, at no point do I feel like the story drags. No, ever. not
0: at all. It's so lean. So it's like hundred minutes. It's it's so lean.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's it's in and out. And you didn't, if you had other subplots going on, it just it would have just, just detracted from what the film is.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So, exactly. I
1: disagree with whoever whoever is saying that that it's. Yeah, I
0: was I was just reading <laughs> stupid critics what they wrote. I totally disagree. I I think. Uh, I mean, I mean, you could argue that like, okay, the bad guys are like they're just bad. They committed a well, heinous crime.
2: Except
1: for, I mean, the um, the guy at the end. Oh, my God, I'm having a brain fart. Um, oh, I got the
0: IMDb right here. What do you, what do you, need? What um, do you need?
1: No, T-Bird, T-Bird. So oh, yeah, T-Bird, T-Bird, I felt, was very multidimensional. Especially, I mean, that scene when he's getting, when um, he's getting his head, like, duct taped to the car. Oh, and he's like, there yeah. ain't no coming back. There, this is the really real world. There ain't no coming back. Like, that whole scene, yeah. he's getting so emotional, like, that is an extremely multi-level dimensional character. Like I don't I don't think that yeah, I I don't feel like the the thugs are just one level at all. Especially thugs, especially not yeah. T Bird. Maybe some of the other guys. Like Skank is kind of just, you know, well, drugged out, dude. They only, but they
0: only have like, you know, sometimes only moments on screen or, or one scene. Yeah. You know. True.
1: Um, actually, um, I just rem- 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 was reminded of something. Have you seen a film called The Wraith? No, I would suggest watching it shortly because since we just watched this film, um, you are going to be amazed at the similarities between the Wraith and the Crow. Oh, so,
0: 1986.
1: Yes. So the, this is a film, and um, I believe he, he has a car. Yeah, he has a car with him. Um, oh, and Charlie so, Sheen,
0: Nick yes,
1: Cusumano. Yes. 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 Yes.
0: Oh, cool. So um, the race
1: is a supernatural creature that is out on revenge and, you know, using the car to do that, to revenge the loss, uh, the death of his um, fiance, girlfriend, wife. So somewhat similar, wearing all black. Um, and one of the bad guys that killed her, his name was Skank. So... <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of similarity between the two not taking yeah, anything right. away from the crow because i love it so much but um i i would not be surprised if there was some inspiration pulled from that film
0: oh absolutely. in the creation of this one and you know all the greats all the greats uh copy other greats and we like we said before you know the inspiration absolutely and then what is it there's only there's only seven stories or whatever i don't know if i agree yeah that, but, you know um, it's all that,
1: in the, it's uh, variations of that.
0: Yeah. But they all have a different life and soul. And yeah, apparently, um, which I learned from the curse film episode about the crow that the, uh, the guy who wrote the comic, apparently his wife was killed by a drunk driver. And he was so angry and depressed that literally, he didn't know he like, he needed some, some catharsis mm-hmm. to, to get it out. Yeah, uh, to move on to heal. He needed some way to direct all that negative energy. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, it was a creative, a creative outlet because I could see that, you know, like taking you over and, uh, you know, they say, if you're going to commit revenge, you got to dig two graves and and the crow's already dead. So that's fine. That's already (laughs) satisfied. Uh, someone already dug his grave for him. (laughs) Right. Yep. But, uh, so that it's kind of taken off the mantle there. It's, this is more about. And I agree, I think this is a powerful story. I think it's well executed. I think it's a beautiful, amazing masterpiece of a movie. I think it's a wonderful film. And I, I'm, I'm going to look I look forward to subsequent viewings over and over again as well. But yeah, I think it's this beautiful story. Sure, there's been other instances of it of, of wanting revenge, but to me, it's, it's less about the revenge and the fact that it's more writing, just this just tragedy just happens right and it wasn't a political killing it wasn't uh it wasn't about money there was the motivation was purely like anarchistically okay yeah it's 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 mischief night devil's night which actually i forgot is is it always been called devil's night i've always called it mischief night but you know one of the same
1: maybe that's a regional thing i i i definitely know it is devil's night but you know know same same thing same thing this
0: movie could be called halloween's no all hallows oh, no. Eve's eve
1: <laughs> oh my god we don't need any more movies called halloween or iterations of halloween there's only one halloween let's just leave, leave it at that. no but
0: it's all hallows eve's eve what do you think no, no. It's terrible. i don't like it there. i don't like it
1: doesn't exactly roll off the tongue
0: <laughs> yeah I, I had trouble it took me like four breaths to get it out <laughs> Uh, But yeah, it's this beautiful film where it's like, what if, what if we could right a wrong? What if we could rectify, you know, this horrible, terrible, just senseless killing, right? And um, it's not going to bring them back from the dead, but it's a moment where, and I like that. I like the mythology that they build of. Every now and then, the ravens. So the ravens carry souls, very much like the the storks. The storks bring the babies. The ravens carry the souls across the void into the, mm-hmm. the world but every now and then if the the circumstances are dire enough are horrible enough a raven can bring a soul back yeah and what a cool
1: what a cool idea
0: what a cool idea right and, and yeah it's very comic book and like you, you mentioned earlier it was like really revolutionary like adaptation from a comic book to i mean we've we've had some comic book adaptations but Really, this is pretty really early in the now it's like every five seconds there's another comic book thing, you know.
2: This is very true.
0: This was this was a pioneering moment. And and to go that dark and to go that gothic and to be it's ballsy, it's it's gutsy, it's uh and um yeah, it really yeah, hats off to to everyone involved for 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 seeing it through. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, uh, it's just it's great. Staggering. Yeah, it's it's really really a beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can see why it's uh, um, thanks for kind of refolding me back into this movie. I mean I'd seen it and I knew how awesome it was, but I'm I'm really getting a a, a deeper appreciation for it now. It's... I
1: definitely recommend a once a year viewing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh I'm 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 so down. Should we do like a crow dark city like double header?
1: Oh boy.
0: Just just go for it.
1: <laughs> why not?
0: Just put the mascara like the a... eyeliner on. And yeah. You
1: know... That sounds like a good double feature, actually. I like this idea
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i have seen dark city about seven or eight times and i've actually i've been in arguments with other film nerds about how it like pre preconceived the matrix and how the matrix like owes everything to it
1: yeah um, in, in a lot of ways oh you know what else would also be a good double feature if we did uh the crow and um true romance and this is because oh so Darla, the actress that plays Darla in The Crow, also mm-hmm. has a role in True Romance. And I kind of have a, I don't know, I feel like they kind of could have had this opportunity to put in like a little secret Easter egg the because, crossover. crossover, because in Tro- True, Ram- True Romance, I believe she's um, a prostitute or like a lady of ill repute in some way. Um, but she looks exactly the same. And so I'm like, is that Darla? Is that like what happened to Darla? Like after oh. after the crow, after like, you know, Fun Boy was killed and she, you know, got off heroin and started like being a good mom. So yeah. like, I feel like there could be a, some sort of, you know, tie in between those two of like a little bridge story for that character
0: going between the two. I like it. But that's I like just, it's you know. a larger, it's a larger continuing universe at play here. Yeah
1: exactly that's just a little you know fantasy in my head
0: (laughs) that's really cool i i need to revisit true romance it's kind of similar in that they're in this like dark underbelly crime world but it's also about love i mean it's called true romance Mm -hmm. you know so similar kind of juxtapositions of um, ideas and, and, and emotions for sure
1: very much so yeah
0: um i definitely got a very biblical edge you know returning from the dead kind of like christ um the the shopkeeper, the 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 pawn shop's guy's named Gideon, It's so yep. like, a, like a Bible name. I yeah, it just had this very like larger than life kind of fable esque ness to it, which might have derived from its comic book origins. Or yeah, it's just this very 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 like larger than life, like gothic cathedral esque stage. Like oh, it's, it it's truly fresh and fun, and it it holds up so beautifully well. Twenty six years now.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. On. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> I know, I know. In my mind, i, I might have been like still like the new movie from uh, Alex Bruce. That uh, yeah, <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah. I mean, it's about love triumphing. Triumphing is what I wrote, which we already yep. kind of touched on. Oh, here's a few more lines I really wanted to grab. Uh, Mother is the name of God on the lips and hearts of all children. He tells yeah. Sarah.
2: Oh and my
0: that God! Like, that That's such a beautiful. How beautiful. Story. That's such a beautiful line yeah he's great he goes around kicking that, ass and giving like these amazing yeah. anecdote, like little bits of truth and wisdom and just you know sprinkling them around
1: i wonder if that's from anything other than this film it just feels like it's such like a perfect prophetic oh. like deep you know quote i want i've never looked at that but i have no idea but <laughs> you know just just curious or if you know it was just um for this film um, and just you know writing it in there which would be pretty amazing and you know hats you know, off to it, i just David looked it up on the
0: old uh google yeah and uh in 1994 we wouldn't be able to just do this we had a podcast then again we did a <laughs> podcast but mother is the name for god in the lips and hearts of little children william Makepeace thackeray
1: ah okay so it is a quote
0: yeah, that's a okay. Wow, that was a that was a that was a good grab, Sarah. Yeah, I mean that one was like, whoa, who's writing? It's this just thing, so you know? perfect. It's like you know? too perfect. Exactly. Shakespeare wrote it actually. Yeah. He was like, one day I'll they'll have the technology to make this into a play, and uh, I'm just gonna bury this one. <laughs> oh yeah, our friend won't be joining us. He's had a slight case of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that line from uh. Yeah, from that from the heavy um
2: <laughs> from top to so dollar Michael
0: Michael Wincott, who yeah, he's so good. He's just got this like creepy, sinister yet yeah, like kind of brooding and sexy, like badass like yeah villain thing going around. When they're they're snorting the mountain of cocaine and it's just Oh like, my god. He's like running a criminal empire while just intoxicated out of his mind. He's got like a machine gun, you know
1: and eating eyeballs and you know all yeah, sorts eating of eyeballs
0: all, all kinds of stuff i thought uh Crazy. you know tony todd who's a um yeah a great big horror man, guy uh, yeah. yeah big horror guy he's candy man mm-hmm. he's like the the head uh the head goon basically side arm to uh to top dollar he he did a fantastic job and i thought yeah like there were a lot of a lot of pieces that were larger than life but then a lot of pieces that were just like they just Did their thing? They nailed it. They didn't overplay it. So you get some of those juxtapositions with some of the kind of like grandioseness of one character versus another. And I thought that was a really good duality. With uh you know, I thought Tony Todd. Who Tony Todd can be can be you know very stage, very intense if he wants to be. But he he absolutely.
1: I mean, well, he's he's definitely a very you know accomplished theatrical. I think Juilliard trained, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that, but I I, I'm pretty sure he has. Like a very you know very uh prestigious theatrical background,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I just revisited candyman this past Halloween cycle for the first time in a long time I'm, and that's going in my every year rotation, yep,
1: that. it's really good, it's Uma great,
0: Modern. and really, a lot of the kind of the urban themes, um which you know we're starting to see a lot of now, and I mean it's classic stuff, and I really feel like yeah, that, that film uh,
1: is fantastic. Oh, yeah.
0: So zeitgeisty right now. <laughs> yes, he did go to the Eugene O'Neill National Theater Institute.
1: Okay, there we go.
0: Yes. Uh, and then the Trinity Square Repertory Theater Conservatory in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Trinity Rep.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his body of work is great. He's also a Star Trek uh, alum. He plays uh, Worf's brother on Star Trek The Next Generation. My favorite show.
1: Oh, I did not know that
0: yeah kern he's a klingon and he is awesome
1: <laughs> uh, that is pretty awesome i would yeah. like to be a Klingon.
0: <laughs> oh you would make a you would make a terrific klingon song. that'd be super fun let's do it you don't do even
1: <laughs> i wish
0: you can just get a head we'll just get a headpiece and just we'll just do it you way. know
1: that's fine That's There's fine. gotta be a
0: YouTube <laughs> video about how to be a klingon how
1: to, yeah how to do it yourself <laughs> <laughs> diy klingon <laughs>
0: Um, were there any were there any you know you said you watch this movie every year Thank so you. it's it's you know uh, was there anything on this particular viewing that really like oh my god that just something a connection formed or, or something caught that you noticed this particular go or uh, uh,
1: I don't know um
0: yeah now that you've seen it
1: I feel like I feel it's like I mean of this film now since I've seen I've seen this film so many times because I love it so much and I feel like I've dissected it <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: like so many times and just studied it because it's just so beautiful. Um, I don't know if there's really anything specifically pointing jumping out at me that this time it was like that I noticed that I hadn't other times. Although yeah, like sure. there's definitely I mean in the past there I've there's been things that I was like oh you know wait what like um the actor that plays uh, Tintin like. I keep seeing him popping up in like so many other films. Um, obviously, mostly in you know '90s. Like, I just um, I just watched uh, the Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix the other day because I had never seen it and when it first came out and it had all those great reviews, um, which it was really great. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Tintin. He's driving the the car. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You I still haven't seen that that film either. I know I saw that it was on Amazon. I wanna wanna catch. That. It's really good. It's yeah. definitely really good. And it's got Tintin. What more do you?
1: And it's got you, Tintin, exactly.
0: What, what more do you, more you need? Him? Film.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Yeah, Lawrence Mason. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's great. He's got the the knife. The knife throwing stuff was so good.
1: mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Catching the knife.
0: Yeah, catching the <laughs> knife, and uh, yeah, the knife like whoo, like flying through the air. Like that was great. Yeah. You know, so good. Oh man, you can just feel the slime on everything in this movie. It's just seriously so and so nasty and so much fun to be in this world. Um, yeah, it's got to be the most uplifting, like dark movie ever. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it has that sweetness at its core—that you yeah, know, romance and that love story—and that's like, I mean, as as we've said, that's to me at least what really separates it and sets you apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him intervening for the sake of the mother and daughter with sarah um like you said and, th- and that stuff was so well handled and uh yeah that scene whether um in the kitchen at the end and um what's her name dora the mom
1: darla yeah darla. making making the eggs how would you like yeah. your eggs Yeah,
0: over I, like eggs, right. um, I
1: always went i always started ordering eggs over easy i didn't even know what that meant like oh, you were like, then oh, whenever easy. Yeah. That's always, if we went like out somewhere for breakfast, I was like, I want them over easy because that's how Sarah had them in the crow.
0: <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember learning the difference between sunny side up and over easy. And then one day my mom pulled me aside. I think I was like five or six and she was like, you know, sunny side up is actually dangerous because you don't cook all the bacteria. And I was like, bacteria? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? I didn't know what bacteria was. And I was like, what's bacteria? It's like, no, it's just invisible. These creatures that live everywhere and they're all over the place. They're coming for you. And I was like, oh God, I just want an egg. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: have scarred me for life now, Mom. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, Man. Yeah. That was a, that was a big wake up call. But yeah, sunny side up is apparently uh, you're, you're rolling the dice. So I I didn't know. know that. So over easy is the way to go. So hey, this movie is imparting so much wisdom and, and good advice. Even in <laughs> Health the advice. Yep. Health <laughs> advice. My goodness. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to mention? Me uh, the
1: sequel suck.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I TV suck. Never, show I sucked. never <laughs> did um I never did continue on.
1: I mean the I'll say the second one to me. I thought the second one was okay. It had some moments. I thought there were some really beautiful visuals in the second one. Um, I really I loved the, the makeup design for the character Sarah because they had this uh, like, red eyeshadow that they put like below her eyes. And so of course I adopted that and you know started wearing that in high school. The red eyeshadow below the eyes because it's what Sarah did in you know the sequel. Um, but it just it didn't have the magic. That's the first one did, unfortunately. And uh the guy playing Eric, I wanna call him Victor. I wanna say that's the actor's name. I don't remember entirely.
0: Uh, in City
1: of Angels. Um, in yeah, in City of Angels. Um that he just he just wasn't Brandon Lee, unfortunately.
0: Um Vincent Perez.
1: Vincent, that's it. I knew it started with a V. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, he's a fine actor, but you know.
1: Oh, he is, but he's not Eric just, Draven.
0: When you just want Brandon Lee as yep. Eric Draven again.
1: I'm also very glad that the they were going to be doing a remake of it, and um, that that fell through because Jason oh, yeah. Momoa was supposed to be Eric Draven. And I'm sorry, Jason. You, Jason, you are just not Eric Draven. That's not, not going to do it for even me. Even <laughs> if
0: you give him the eyeliner from uh, Aquaman. Or- no.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. 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 It's more <laughs> no than just go. it's more
1: than just eyeliner it's
0: it's it's deeper than that
1: it's so much deeper than that and i really i really feel like people should stop trying to remake this film leave it alone it is a perfect film there's there's nothing that you can change or improve upon um just let it be if you want to make maybe like spinoffs so you take some similar characters in the same world and do something different and just don't have eric draven in it me as a fan like i'd be interested in seeing that but if anyone's going to put eric draven in a film that is you know this storyline in the crow i'm just i'm going to protest i'm not going to go see it because this this is the only one that there is
0: <laughs> yeah i uh, i'm so glad you brought that up because i agree and i i often it's so rare there's only like I, there's only a couple of like exceptions to the rule and it's like why do you you're just chasing you know do something do something different. I mean, maybe maybe take some of what you loved about the crow and, and and put it into something else. But a revisualization somewhere down the road that isn't just repackaging and selling the same thing.
2: Yep, over and, over. and it's such absolutely. A,
0: maybe now after COVID, when it's like, all right, getting something made now is such a bigger deal. Maybe it's like, let's make sure that we really want to like. Uh, something that we really want to see made. It's not just something that we think that people are going to want to see, you know, the heart or that we
1: think we can make money off of.
0: <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, which this is such a, a trap in Hollywood where you're chasing and there's, there's some good sequels. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, when you boil it down, it's really just a handful um, where they're, the world is expanded in a really positive, powerful way where it honors the original but also expands it's not just chasing the same thing over and over again Exactly um, yeah And yeah and, I, and now it'll be all computer generated stuff and I'm like
1: Yeah no
0: <laughs> It did a lot. that was that was proto proto computer era you know in the early 90s but it was done in such a tasteful way and blended so mm-hmm. well and with like actual models and actual visceral props and practical that oh man it would just it would just be a a computer like a computery knockoff of something that was so great and honestly like especially with brandon and brandon's whole story it's like
2: yeah
1: it's,
0: it's, in my opinion taking away from you know just
1: leave it alone leave, leave it, it alone. alone
0: leave the darn thing be <laughs> new stories fresh original
1: yep please
0: <laughs> i agree i agree i, I stopped going to like remakes and reboots a while back unless somebody was like hey okay I know. I know you're going to say it. I know you're going to say it's a reboot, but hear me out. And if they really, like, fight their case, and it's someone that I trust, um, then I'm like, all right, okay. I'll, I'll them up
1: I mean, case. sometimes they can, well, like, I mean, John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, is technically a remake, and that's way better than the original, but that so almost never happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's like the one example that that's the go to example of where the the remake's actually good. But for the yeah. most part, yeah, I mean that's they can be fine, but favorites. yeah probably top three. Mine too. I know, and I forget
0: it's uh yeah, it's amazing. I forget that it's a remake. Um But again, what Carpenter wanted to do was honor the mood and tone of the original. He loved you know, he worship he worships Howard Hawks and uh that was like his his guy, you know, that he yeah. And uh, we actually had had a podcast called Sons of Carpenter. Um, some great, some great folks. We uh, we did about twelve or so episodes, and we 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 took Carpenter movies and really dug deep into them. And actually, that's the format that I adopted for this show, of like the deep dive into a movie. So, Carpenter. Well, the first the first episode was uh, The Fog was actually my first nice episode of the show. yeah. And uh yeah, it, it also it, it did it in a way that was more honoring to the original source material, which was the the short story, um Who Goes There? Um and where it would actually morph and mimic kind of body snatch. Whereas in they didn't have the effects in the early fifties for like those elements. So it was like, okay, they're going back to something that was already done, but they actually did it in a way that was more closely related to the original source material.
1: Rather than um, the film. Yeah. And also just
0: handling it so darn good. Yes, actually, definitely. a buddy of mine just told me to revisit the 2011 thing, um, which I heard that they had shot all with practical effects to honor the original, and then the studio said nope, and they completely did it with all computers. And that's all I could see when I watched that movie was just computer-generated yeah. effects. Where
1: mm, it's terrible. No one wants to see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was some good performances and stuff, but I just I couldn't get over the. I just I couldn't I couldn't get over it. I I, um, I might try to take another look. But in my mind, it's a tragedy that the studio didn't have the the guts to just, especially after they already shot it, you know?
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I
2: totally agree.
0: So, anyway, every movie is a a minor miracle, as my friend uh, Phil Gawthorn from episode one says. So, I don't want to naysay. But, that being said, fresh ideas. Like, if you're going to honor a movie like The Crow, do something original and fresh, because it is so original and fresh you know
1: it's yeah it's sacred leave leave the original alone it's sacred at this point (laughs) exactly
0: exactly well sarah nicklin thank you so much for your time spending the afternoon with me here into the evening
1: absolutely
0: and this has been just lovely it was so good to hang out with you
1: you too thanks so much for having me
0: you're welcome thanks for coming (laughs) please keep me in the loop about your movie and um what was it called one more time the uh
1: the, uh, the the one book. I just shot um, is the Retaliators. That's the Retaliators. Yes. Music one, yeah.
0: And then the one you're co-producing is the uh...
1: Psycho Agogo.
0: Psycho Agogo. Yes. That is such a great title. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't hook people, I don't know what would.
1: I know it's all right there, right in the title.
0: It's 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 built in. Boom, <laughs> the hook. Well, cool. Well, good luck with all your projects. Stay safe in this quarantine. Stay creative. Keep it up. You're awesome. Thank you
1: so much. Thank you. You as well.
0: Bye, Zara.
2: Bye.